Hey everybody and welcome to episode 12 of Kingdom Culture where we talk about real life struggles, the pursuit of God in our process, overcoming our past, and becoming the sons and daughters God created us to be. I am your host, Kara. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different. And just like all of my other episodes have been based on my life, this one's no different. It's just, this is going to come from a different season of my life. Not so much this current one, although the lessons that I am learning and that are being revealed to me are in this season, but it's from a past of brokenness and abuse. And I'm going to just be led here and allow the Holy Spirit to just guide me on this episode because unlike all my others, I haven't really prepared in the way that I typically do, although this has been on my mind all week long. So I want to allow the Lord to use me in whatever way he chooses to in this episode to talk about whatever it is that Holy Spirit feels is important to be said. I'm not even really sure what I'm going to share. So this is going to be a very raw and probably vulnerable episode. So if you guys are interested in feel, figuring out how to break the cycle of abuse in your life, then stick around because I feel like this episode is going to give some people some freedom. Let me start back from when I was younger. When I was about 11, I moved in with my dad and my stepmom. I had left my small town in Florida behind and Moved there with my brother after my parents split up several years before and my dad remarried. My mom was very sick with multiple sclerosis and was unable to work or really take care of us. So after a few years of living apart from my, from my dad, we moved in with my dad and my stepmom um, about two hours north of where we had been living. Now, we had been back and forth between our parents' houses for about three years at that time, and I had attended multiple schools within a very short period of time between the kindergarten year and my fourth grade year. By the time I moved in with my dad, I was just starting middle school. I think I was only in sixth grade for a couple of months when we moved and I started a brand new school in a brand new place where I didn't really know anyone. I did have friends that were my step family and those were the people that I spent the most time with. When I first moved in with my dad and my stepmom, Things seemed to be okay, but it didn't take very long for my stepmother to begin not treating me very well and not treating my younger brother very well either. And over time, these interactions just got more and more toxic and volatile. And ultimately, what ended up happening was my brother and I both experienced years of physical mental, verbal, and emotional abuse from her. My dad worked a lot. He was out of town a lot. And when we tried to talk to him about it, she was able to convince him that 
it wasn't really happening and that we were just acting out. And unfortunately, my dad believed her. So when he left and went back out of town, it just got worse for us. And so we learned from that experience to just stop expressing our needs on some levels and things that were not right in our lives. From a very young age, my boundaries were completely trampled on and I had no real covering of protection. I wasn't able to rely on my parents to take care of me in the way that I desired them to with love and affection and care, especially though protection. Unfortunately, I spent many years in this state of family living. And while people did know what was going on, no one really stopped anything from happening to me or my brother. And instead, we just endured this treatment for many years until we were both old enough to leave. My brother left when he was about 16 years old and moved back with my mom. I stayed in the house until I was about 17 and then moved in and out over the next three years until I finally moved away and out of the house at age 20. It was a very dysfunctional household and there was a lot of abuse going on in the house, not only through the physical violence and verbal violence and the mind games, but also through a lot of addictive behaviors um, that were very, unfortunately, very, um, the family was very heavy laden with addiction. And so we were always exposed to um, alcohol and drug abuse and types of fraud and different things that honestly just were not great things to grow up around. Thankfully, I really do believe, looking back, that God had his hand on my life from a very young age because I could have really gone way farther off the deep end than I ever did. And believe me, I went pretty far off the deep end for a long time. But as I got older, I only began to live the things that I understood and that I knew to be normal in my life, which unfortunately included a lot of abuse. I drank a lot. I did a lot of drugs. I was promiscuous. I didn't tell the truth very often. I stole. I did pretty much a lot of the things that I grew up around that was acceptable, normal, and honestly, just part of what I thought life was about. Even though there were parts of me deep down inside that knew that it was definitely wrong. And I doubted that all families acted the way that my family did. But that's what I learned. That's what I knew. And that's what I did. As I got a little older, like I mentioned, I really got into different scenes in the party scene and the bar scene and, you know, just experimenting with different things. And I didn't honor myself. I didn't understand who I was. I thought that I was a different person. I thought that I was someone who only had value through physical attractiveness, through wildness, through, you know, being the crazy one who would do whatever for attention and who, you know, would just be the life of the party. That's who I thought that I needed to be in order to be loved and accepted. 
And from that mindset, I chose very risky behaviors and I was very irresponsible and I did a lot of things that honestly could have gotten me in a lot more trouble and probably caused me a lot more harm had I not, I really truly believe had I had some sort of covering from the Lord, even when I was so far astray and I was not walking with him and I had nothing, I wanted nothing to do with the Lord. I had nothing in my life that reflected anything holy or righteous or pure or good. But I do believe that the Lord still cared for me in those seasons of my life as I found my way through the darkness and and eventually came into an understanding of my true identity. Abuse can come in a lot of ways. And some of those ways in my life came through relationships and also my own bad habits. By the time I was 27 years old, I had spent about eight years of my life in the party scene and really just kind of living however I wanted to, being really irresponsible, always being broke because I spent all my money on partying. Even though I worked three jobs and made great money, I just didn't know how to handle it. I did come to a place in 2003, I believe, where I tried to take control of my finances and be more responsible to pay off my debt before I got married for the first time. And while I was successful in doing that and going into my first marriage debt-free, that didn't stop me from still being very abusive to myself and engaging in a very toxic relationship with my husband and his family. Unfortunately, I just didn't understand who I was. I didn't know that I had value. I didn't understand that it was okay to not have everything together and that it, that that mindset of pride really got in the way of many things when I was younger and extended into my late 20s and even my early 30s. When I joined the Army at 27 years old, I went in as a private, a, P, a PV2, this like pretty much almost the lowest rank in the entire military. And that was humbling for sure, but the military really gave me a new lease on life because I wasn't really able to live the way that I was living before I joined. I did, however, continue to drink a ton and I still found ways to be abusive to myself all in the name of fun because I didn't, again, understand who I was and what I was actually doing. I just looked at it as me hanging out, having fun and being crazy and making friends and being the crazy one. I didn't look at it as abuse to myself. But now looking back, I can see how broken that I was and how much esteem I did not have for myself, how I didn't value the the treasure that Jesus calls me, that the Lord made me to be in this life. I didn't recognize my worth. I did not recognize my value and I didn't know my identity. So since I didn't know my identity, I tried to find my identity in other things. I tried to find my identity in accomplishments and I tried to find my identity in relationships and I tried to find my identity in having nice things and I tried to find my identity in, you know, just 
being a going doing a bodybuilding competition I tried to find my value in you know being um thinking I was smarter than I was I mean there was just so many things where pride played such a huge role in my life and really robbed me of the joy um and the peace that I know now because I'm rooted in my identity now at a later age through a lot of trials and tribulations and failures and finally realizing that Jesus really is the answer that I was always looking for. When I was in the military, I got married a second time. And that relationship, unfortunately, also ended up being an abusive one. Um, there were a lot of issues in our relationship that unfortunately, over time, just broke me. Um, I didn't I didn't know going in that it would be that way. Who does, right? And I didn't understand the signs of what I was actually signing up for because on one hand, I think that it was so familiar, even though it was under the surface, much of it in the beginning, especially because people who tend to be more manipulative can really put on a good show at first, especially, and lure you in through tactics, right? Manipulative tactics, um, love bombing, and um, just, you know, lavishing attention and, you know, giving me all the things that I desired so much from a man that I had never actually had before. And so, my ex knew this because we spent a few months just as friends and he used that time to really get to know me and, um, you know, have me open up and he allowed me to feel safe. But unfortunately, that was not um, real. It was used as a tactic to allow me to open myself up to being vulnerable so that he had information to be able to use against me later. And the sad thing is, is I really, I really wanted that relationship to work. When we got married, I was kind of brainwashed into understanding even who this person was and what my life was going to look like in this relationship with him. And after five years of being married and seven years of being in a relationship with him, I decided it was time for us to go our separate ways. And that was probably one of the hardest times in my life was going through a second divorce, living apart in different states and being jobless because I was in school and really not having understanding anything of what was going on because I had relinquished all my power to him. So I stood powerless um, because I had just allowed myself again to be abused in a way where I didn't stand up for myself and I didn't know who I was. So I became vulnerable out of dysfunction and out of a brokenness inside of that person as well. And so I mentioned all this not to shame the people in my life because I played an equal part in those relationships as well. I have actually spoken to um, a lot of the people in my life who are from my past and we have um, 
you know, spoken of forgiveness and, you know, I hold nothing against them. I understand, especially now after the Lord has given me such insight on what I'm about to share with you in just a few minutes of why those things even happened. And I say all that, I just explain that the the situations to you only to give you a reference point to allow you to understand that I understand what it is to go through hard things and to have your sense of self completely destroyed by another person. But the thing is, is that the Lord has recently revealed to me that abuse is actually extremely selfish. It's much like um, insecurity is extremely selfish and abuse and insecurity often go hand in hand if it's towards yourself or towards other people. When I was really insecure, I would do crazy things that were actually abusive because I wanted the validation and attention of others. And it didn't come from a place of confidence. It came from a place of striving and it came from a place of sadness and pain and brokenness that I couldn't really pinpoint at that time because I never looked at myself, much like I'd mentioned several episodes back, I never looked at myself as being insecure. And it's only since the Lord has really revealed my heart to myself over the past year that I've actually been able to admit the fact that I really was. I've seen the damage. I've had to repent and ask for forgiveness and allow the Lord to change my heart, to change my mind and allow me to grow into a more secure, confident person for real because of my identity in Jesus. And that's the only reason why I can be confident is because my confidence is in him. But going back to the selfishness point, selfishness really plays a huge role in abuse, whether towards yourself or towards other people or other people towards you. Typically, when an abuser, this this will really help you to understand the whole a cycle of abuse. And I, I think it's really interesting how some people will say, well, how come you didn't just leave or, or you know, um, if someone treated you that way, why wouldn't you just leave? And and But it's not that easy. It's a mental game. It's a mental abuse that plagues um, people's minds of making them feel worthless and making them feel unlovable and making them feel unwanted. There's a lot that goes on that if you're not in that situation, you just don't understand how much of a stronghold it is on your life and on your mind and on your heart. Especially when the person that they were in the beginning was so wonderful and it's on purpose. They're so wonderful that when it goes crazy sideways that you're holding on to that glimmer of hope of what it was before and you're hoping that it comes back because you know it's in there somewhere because you've seen it, you've experienced it, you've experienced this love that you've never had before, whether through physical intimacy or through attention or gifts or just, you know, relationship or or talking and connection, whatever it is that they can sort of pinpoint in you that you might need from them, that is what they give and they give it in abundance and so that you feel safe and secure. And so to take that away, it keeps you off balance. It creates ambivalence, right? And so when I was growing up, my household was extremely ambivalent. So it was something very familiar to me, even though I hated it and I didn't want to be a part of that kind of thing. It was just something that drew me in, I think, out of somewhere in my subconscious of just being familiar and comfortable, even though it was painful. 
One day I could do something and it was not a big deal. The next day I could do the exact same thing and I would get beat for it. So there, you just never knew what to expect. And in my second relationship, my second marriage, that's a lot how it was. I just never knew what to expect. I always was off balance and walking on eggshells. And it was very exhausting and very hard and very painful and you know it was not a a healthy way to be it created a lot of toxicity in myself which led to abuse but when you cope with abuse when an abuser copes with abuse it's not really ever about that person normally you feel shame or guilt and so it is a way to self-soothe That is when you try to be kind again or be nice again or make up with that person again so that you don't feel, you as the abusive person, don't feel guilty or bad in that moment. It has nothing to do with the victim of that circumstance. It really has to do with the selfishness and the pride of the person who is being abusive. And just kind of understanding that it might be very obvious to you. It was kind of a simple but profound idea, concept for me to grasp. And when I got it, I was just like, that makes so much sense. And it explains so many other things of how even small things in my own life have come up and I can look at it and say, wow, that that was a form of abuse either towards myself or in a, you know, towards a situation or towards other people in my past and things like that. And it really breaks my heart to even admit that, that that has been the kind of person that I I used to be. But Jesus renews and Jesus saves and he changes and he comes and he rescues. And I cannot thank him enough for the, the things that he's done in my life to make me into a different person. I'm not the same person that I was then. Praise God. And Even a year ago, I'm not the same person I was or six months ago. And I'll get into that in a second. But, you know, even last year, I wasn't abusing alcohol. I I, I wasn't, um, you know, but there were times, there were instances, there were instances when I would be abusive with alcohol or even honestly, I mean, there were other things I was doing too that I just... At a certain point, the Lord called me out of it and said, hey, listen, this is not behavior of my bride and it doesn't glorify me. And I had to really give up the things of the world that were still in my life as a believer. And I had to walk away from it. I had to surrender and I had to choose to live the life God created me for and not to walk in the the ways of the world anymore. I couldn't smoke weed anymore. I couldn't drink like I used to anymore. And I didn't honestly want to at a certain point. And back in last, let's see, uh, July of 2021, I gave up alcohol completely. And I didn't smoke weed anymore either. And, you know, I hate admitting that because it's something that was just a part of my life for such a long time. But honestly, looking back now, I can see how... It just wasn't for me. It was not based in a truth of identity of who I am. It was based in a false identity from brokenness of what I thought that I was, of who I thought that I was for such a long time because there was woundedness in me that had not yet been healed because I had not yet surrendered those parts of myself to the Lord for his complete healing. And until I did that, I began, I, I continued to function in ways that were not based in true identity. And 
it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with. I think a lot of believers, even, you know, um, especially here in Colorado, where certain things are legal, it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of us kind of just maybe struggle with different things that we don't want to admit, whether it's alcohol or drinking or porn or, you know, uh, relationship addiction or attention addiction or addiction to validation or all of these things that create abuses in our lives, either towards our own heart or our own bodies or towards the people who are around us. And so the Lord gave me a cycle and I believe that this is a cycle that he's allowing me to share with you so that we can gain clarity and understand how to break the cycle of abuse in our lives. And it's actually a very simple, straightforward, and quite profound cycle that is easy to identify and I believe also easy to step back from and say, no, that's not me, and change our mindset to change our perspectives of what we are doing and who we are and who we walk with and who we belong to. So we can call out those things in our lives that no longer belong. It's the sticky dust of our past. I have a dream that I had a while back that I'll probably share at a later time, but it does reference that what I just said, the sticky dust of your past. It's time to get rid of the sticky dust and let the Lord cleanse cleanse you of those things and remove those things so you can step into everything he has for you, that you can begin to walk out the calling and the purpose that he has for you, that he has created you to walk out in this lifetime. So here's the cycle. The cycle of abuse begins with disorder. When things are out of order, it's chaotic. There's um, wrecked boundaries. Um, there are things that are not supposed to happen in certain ways. Okay? So the disorder leads to dysfunction. Okay? And when you walk and live in dysfunction, that means you were out of the normal function of what you were created for. So you're functioning in a way that you were not created to function in. And the dysfunction, that is what opens the door to abuses. When you are living in disorder, in chaos, confusion, in in something that is not um, authentic, okay, and and you're being dysfunctional in that, then you're going to open the door to different things that are not really good for you. They're not good for your heart. They're not good for your mind. They're not good for your body. They're not good for your spirit. They don't glorify God. They don't reflect the person that he created you to be because it's out of order. It's not in proper order. It's in disorder. And it's not functioning correctly. It's functioning in improper function. So it's dysfunctional. And the abuses stem from brokenness. When you're disordered and you are dysfunctional, you are in some way broken. And living in functioning in brokenness. 
And the brokenness is what exacerbates the abusive mindsets and the abusive behaviors and the abusive proclivities and the abusive activities. If you are living from this place, it's because you are living from a false identity. It's because you don't understand who you are. It's because you don't understand that Jesus is the one who is the, he is the one who you need to base your identity in God and what God says about you, that you are a royal priesthood, that you are a chosen son or daughter, that you are his beloved, that you are his child, that he sees you, that Jesus came and died for you to give you life eternal with him and freedom here now freedom to know who you are and freedom to know him to take that disorder and to allow God to put things back in proper order God is a God of order this is how you know this is not of God these are the antithesis of God. This is, this is what describes Satan. This is what describes Satan in his realm. Disorder, dysfunction, abuse, brokenness, false identity. Remember, when Lucifer was an angel, he thought that he was greater than God. He had a false identity. What happened? He got kicked out of heaven with a third of the angels. And now he is the dark ruler of the world. In the earthly realm. He's the one who causes, you know, stirs up trouble. He's the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God comes to give life and life in abundance. Do you see the contrast there? Satan is about death and destruction. God is about life and abundance. Eternity. I mean, Satan's about eternity too, but in the opposite way, an eternity that you don't really want to spend. So in order to come out of this cycle, you must first identify the brokenness and the false identities. Just an example, when I used to party a lot, like I had this false identity that that's who I was. I was a party girl. I was a night owl. I was the crazy one. And so I acted like that person. I did the things that kind of person would do. And I lived a dysfunctional, disordered, abusive, and broken life because I was like living from a place of false identity. I didn't know who I was. And now that God has come and changed me and rescued me and changed my heart and renewed my mind, now I live from a place of understanding who I am. I am a daughter of the Most High God, the only one and true living God. He calls me chosen. He calls me daughter. Jesus calls me friend. He sees me. He knows me. He loves me. He, he chose me for such a time as this. He has a plan for my life. He knew me before I was ever born because at the beginning of the earth, he thought of me in every detail of my life. Like, it's, in, it's just crazy to me that he's that vast. And we root ourselves in him in truth. And he begins to reveal the brokenness in us so that he can come and help us fix it. So that he can come and heal those broken places and put things back in a proper order. And to put things back in a proper function. 
to heal the brokenness in our hearts, to heal the brokenness in our lives, to give us life and freedom in him, to give us abundance in him, to give us peace and rest and joy in him. It's for us to understand that he's got it all figured out and we just have to know who we are and walk with him where he calls us to walk and to be with him where he calls us to be. There's such freedom in that. There's such amazing freedom in that because you don't have to strive and there's no pressure to be something that you're not. You don't have to figure things out on your own anymore. You walk with him and you're led by the spirit of God. And it's a beautiful life to walk. You don't have to live a life of dysfunction and brokenness anymore. You can break the chains. You can break the cycle. You can break the abuse in your life. You can say no. If you are functioning in a place of dysfunction and brokenness, I just encourage you to begin to inspect those things and to ask yourself, why? What is the motivation? What is the mindset? What is the belief behind those actions? Every action is based on a belief in ourselves. It it starts as a thought and it becomes a belief and it becomes a habit or an action. Nothing Nothing is for nothing. It's based in something. It's based in who we think we are. And now that I know who I am, I don't miss the things that I used to really just, I don't know, get a kick out of doing. I don't miss those things. I don't feel like I'm lacking in my life. I I have a much better life, more fulfilling life now. It's very full and it's full of joy and peace and adventure. And I don't have to worry about how I used to be because I'm not that person, because I don't have that identity anymore, because my identity is true now and rooted in God and what he says. God will put things in proper order in your life. He will heal the dysfunction. He will heal the brokenness. He will reinstate your identity and establish it in him and his truth if you allow him to, if you invite him into it, if you invite him into your life and ask him not only to be your Lord and Savior, but to be the leader of your life, which basically is the Lord of your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into all truth. He will do it. He is not a man that he should lie and his word does not return void. He will not lead you astray and he will not give you false hope. He loves you too much. He loves you too much to let you go. He loves you too much to allow you to walk one more step in dysfunction. If you call out to him, the Bible says that you will be saved and he will hear you. He looks for your willingness, beloved. It's just your willingness. He will take care of the rest. If you are willing to surrender your life to him and invite him in to all the dysfunction and the brokenness and the mess of of the false identity of what you're living in, he will come and restore you. He will renew you. He will bring you into proper order. He will return you to himself and teach you who you are and who he is. And it's literally the most beautiful adventure you could ever take in your entire life. So I encourage you, step out of the false identity and step into truth with Jesus. Ask him to come and help you. Ask him to break the chains of the bondage of sin in your life and to open your eyes to the newness that he has before you. It's yours, beloved. It's yours to walk into. You don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to resist it. There's no hesitation necessary in this. He's calling you to walk with him now, to walk with him in in boldness and in confidence because he has you and he will teach you and he will show you everything that you need to see. Everything you need to see, he will show you. It says, 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. That just means seek the kingdom of God first in everything that you do in your life, including your identity, including your thoughts and why you think the things you think and why you believe the things you believe. Invite God into that and allow him to show you those answers. He will give you the answers that you desire from him. I promise you he will. He told me something really special that I want to share, and I'm going to end this after I share this bit with you. But he said, identity is crucial. It affects everything else, every aspect of your life, every function, every belief, every attitude. So I just ask you again, and I encourage you, invite Jesus into this season of your life of acceleration allow him to mold you into the beautiful artwork that he has designed in his heart for you to be formed as in this earth. Break the chains of bondage. Break the cycle of abuse in your life by saying no to disorder and allowing God to replace that with order in your life. Say no to dysfunction and allow the Lord to show you how he desires for you to function properly. Say no to abuses and yes to honor. Say no to brokenness and yes to wholeness and healing. And say no, beloved, to false identity and say yes to identity in Jesus. Until next time, be blessed. Thank you.